bosses provide some of the most memorable experiences a game has to offer. From bombastic set pieces to killer plot point climaxes, or maybe even just some plain old fantastic gameplay. It's hard to forget about these key moments, especially if they show up again in that same game. For those of you who've played through one of these scenarios before, I'm sure you're no stranger to having feelings of deja vu, confusion, and maybe even a little disappointment in the game designers for this decision. And I completely get it. On a service level, this can come across largely as a way of padding out a game's runtime. And heck, there's a fair share of games that do this, especially with the inclusion of certain platform incentives like Steam's refund policy, which allows games with under two hours of playtime to be returned. In the past, I've spoken my fair bit against this type of design in games like Super Mario Odyssey's Bowser Arena fights. But what I want to discuss with you all today is the crucial distinction between reusing and recontextualizing, and how game content falling on the right side of this can turn a somewhat frowned upon move into a highly compelling design choice. Hey all you remixers, I'm Skip the Tutorial, and this is Boss Battle Breakdown, a deep dive into the ins and outs of boss design. And hey, if this is your first time here, make sure to whack a smack on that subscribe for weekly insights into your favorite bosses. For our purposes today, I want to take a look at a Nintendo console sweetheart of the 90s, Rareware and how they handled this topic on both sides of the coin in their run with the Donkey Kong franchise. Kicking off, let's take a look at the original game that started off the Donkey Kong Country series back in 1994. Now, by the time you've reached Gorilla Glacier, you've already built a suitable amount of knowledge and experience with the game and its mechanics. And after trekking through the world's frozen wasteland setting, you're more than ready for your fourth boss fight. Entering into that classic banana cave background and snagging good old Diddy Kong as a partner for the brawl, the fight with Really Naughty fades in from black just to play out in an eerily similar fashion to that of Very Naughty before, the game's first boss. I mean, past the obvious fact that these bosses are an identical species and would fit right in as a fighting game color swap for a roster mirror match, they also both only require five bops on the head to defeat yielding a point-to-point -point rehashed death animation. It is worth mentioning that this rematch with Really Naughty does bring in some additional differences, such as an increased leap in both horizontal and vertical planes. From this improved jump, there is a bit more challenge that comes from this battle in particular over the one that we had with our old pal Very Knots back in his lair on Congo Jungle. But I'd argue that this still keeps the element of disappointment that comes with rehashing a boss fight, since this new move pattern is just a harder version of the last iteration's jumping moves. And hey, I get it. I'd be remiss not to mention the SNES hardware limitations, and the fact that this game even got made to kick off the series was impressive enough. But I'll admit that having bits and pieces such as this feel more like time wasters than satisfying conclusions of frankly stellar platforming gameplay. Alright, so if Donkey Kong Country shows us where not to go when bringing back an old boss, then where can we look to improve upon this concept? Well for that, we ride on over to a more polygonal era of the 90s, with Donkey Kong 64's release on the Nintendo 64. There's been plenty of discussion about this game's design across the internet. And I think a debate about its merits is best saved for another day. But what really sticks out about this one to me is how it handles the Dogadon fight. Or fights, rather. You see, for your second brawl, you'll first be taking on this weird insect monstrosity as Diddy. And the pattern here is fairly basic. After angering the beast by squishing a dragonfly, the player's tasked with avoiding an onslaught of fireballs until Dogadon eventually tuckers out and lands, providing the perfect opportunity to spot a TNT barrel at his belly, giving him that routine for one, two, 
three strikes will chuck that sucker out of the ball game and straight into the lava. Seeming like an open and shut problem. However, strolling into your fifth battle, this beast will come back for a rematch featuring a whole slew of new moves. But unlike the naughty fights, this boss isn't the only aspect that's changed this time, since now you're fighting as Chunky Kong instead. This new switch-up causes the player to have to view the bout in a neat perspective, as you have to reconsider your strategy from a different character's angle. This is especially prevalent in the boss's later phases. Following a first set of moves that plays fairly similar to your encounter's ditty, Dogadon finally hits you with some fireball and shockwave tactics that feel much more dire as he sends the stone platform sinking into the burning lava. Now under time constraints, the player needs to snag some attacks on the boss, except this time, not with the TNT barrels, but rather with the transformative help of the Hunky Kong ability. Partnering all of these concepts, the fight effectively takes it a step further than just being a more difficult version of the player's first go at this boss but rather flips the script in a way where new strategies emerge solely to tackle this fight in a new scope. All in all, I think that the shifted context of time management, as well as player and boss attack patterns, throw on a nice bit of depth to what could have just been another cut and paste repeat. So is this approach always worthwhile? Should all bosses come back in a different light later on? Well, it seems that even Donkey Kong didn't wholeheartedly believe this. With titles like Retro Studios Tropical Freeze favoring a more traditional boss structure instead of this rematch formula. And while the bosses in that game do feature some good design, I do think it's worth noting the series' prior history with this concept and see the potential missteps or benefits from employing this strategy. Because I think that a rematch done right can build up an even stronger connection with that boss just by keeping some variables on the switch up, and be it through different characters, attack patterns, restrictions, or even set pieces. There's plenty to learn from a fight just by taking it to round two.